This is the Growlers Nation podcast, the official podcast of the Newfoundland Growlers. And now here's your host, Growlers play-by-play voice, Chris Ballard. And welcome to episode six of the Growlers Nation podcast. I'm Chris Ballard, play-by-play broadcaster for your Newfoundland Growlers. So happy to have you aboard here uh, for this one. Really exciting show here coming up uh, later on in the program. Uh, we'll catch up with Nick Mercer. He is a multimedia journalist with the Central Voice. He may work in Central Newfoundland, but for this week's Growlerville feature, we're going to talk about his neck of the woods in Harbor Grace, Newfoundland and Labrador. But for now, we're going to introduce our first guest of the afternoon he is a goaltender for your newfoundland growlers and we're going to get to know him real well here this afternoon please welcome as if there's an audience here to welcome you patrick munson patrick <laughs> thanks for uh, joining me here today <laughs> thanks for having me man Happy That's to be here. Uh, glad to hear it <laughs> um so as we sit here now, uh, for those of you who are not here with us, uh, we are in Portland, Maine, overlooking the wonderful city of Portland, early on in the uh, road trip here for the Growlers. So uh, Patrick, before we uh, we go too far down the rabbit hole here, you're one of the new faces in the Growlers locker room this season. Just kind of for us, sum up your Growlers experience through the first, has it been a month yet? Sum it all up for us. Yeah, it's probably been, what, a month? That, close, close enough. Close. Yeah, I, I couldn't say enough good things about it. Awesome. Um, just, I, obviously, I've played a lot of places, and you know, I was talking to my little brother last night, like, I don't think I've ever been treated so well between the organization, with the fans, with just having a great group of guys, and, I mean, everything's first class, like, we, you know, we travel so well, we get treated so well back at home, and it's just, it's been so much fun to play here. Awesome, glad to hear that. Well, we're going to take you back to your dog days of, uh, of your time with the Growlers. Well, I'm curious to know, what was the vibe for yourself during training camp in particular? Uh, the, the defending champions of this league, you're coming in as one of the new guys. Kind of, how did you get, how did you first, I guess, end up in Growler's training camp? And kind of talk talk about that a little bit. Yeah, it's actually kind of weird. So I was at the Chicago Wolves camp, and they were with, affiliated with Vegas. Right. And um, I was just there and, and had kind of made some phone calls to some different ECHL teams and just on my own, ended up reaching out to Snowy and just through a text message just saying, if you guys need a guy for camp and sure enough, it just, just kind of worked out where, did you know Snowy? No, I, I honestly, I knew no one in the organization. I knew nothing. Stop. So you're cold calling. Literally. I was, just, yeah, it, I had nothing at first. I had an agent and was kind of giving me the wash that everything was going to work out and it was great. And then it was like August 15th. I'm like, dude, I have nothing right now. And, oh my God. Uh, so I just was, at, I was actually staying with my buddy who plays hockey at Ohio state. I was training there and just started like Googling coaches numbers and <laughs> just messaged snowy kind of the blue and Hey man, I'm like a goalie. Can I come? Yeah. To I'm, camp? A, I'm a hockey player. So you guys <laughs> need a hockey player. Uh, yeah. And then it somehow worked out that my name got passed across, uh, where I went to Chicago Wolves camp and I was there and kind of the, it's weird, really weird that I, I just kept showing up because they never told me that I never got cut and there was a big line of cuts and I was still there and I, right. I was telling Snowy, I was like, I don't know. You I, didn't forget to cut yeah, me. Yeah, they didn't, I, well, that's the thing. I was like, I, if I get cut, like I would love to come to your camp. He's like, no, yeah, for sure. Let me know, but be in touch and just days kept going by and I was like, yeah, I mean, I, was just, I guess I'll keep showing up. If sure, why? Me. Yeah. And uh, yeah, and then finally the the one day they're just like, hey, you know, we're going to lease you off your PTO. And I texted Snowy and everything kind of worked pretty quick. And 
end up signing my it might even honestly have been just a tryout contract and yeah. showed up i might even miss the first day i think i missed the first day you did i forgot that until yeah you brought that up. yeah yeah i wasn't there the first day and That's so funny. and coming here i didn't know anyone at the camp i knew one of the goalies that i was competing against he was like a third stringer in college that i played against my freshman year and i like no. met him once so i was super nervous like i didn't know sure. anyone and this is like everyone was talking about how good this team was and I knew Michael Gartag a little bit. He was talking about how good this team was going to be. So I'm yeah. like, you know, got to have my, you know, I got to be ready to go. But I was also like, I was really nervous. And, uh, you know, we got through and right into a scrimmage. I might even the first, second day. And, and I was doing okay, but I like, wasn't happy where I was, like, how it was playing. And, um, you know, but everyone was really nice and it was going good. And, yeah, we had a scrimmage against Brampton. And That's right. The first one, uh, Maxine played, and then the next thing it was me and the other goalie both played. And yeah, it was kind of the same thing. No one told me not to just go with the team, so I was like, <laughs> I guess I'm not cut. I guess I'll just stay with the group. And yeah, it, it's really interesting. I just got no just... kidding. <laughs> yeah, wow, I didn't expect that. Yeah. Uh, so I mean, now that you've kind of settled in, like, what's what's it like in the room? Uh, in the room now. I know you said earlier. You know, obviously your first impression was positive, but uh, things I think are starting to go the right way for the squad right now. Yeah, I mean, I've I've always been a pretty you know open guy. I can talk to just about anyone. And sure. So we have a ton of like awesome like personalities on our team. Like between Mal and Fergie, like those guys are just so funny and. Um, yeah, it was really easy to just start, you know, talking to guys here and there, and then on the ice, you know, you just kind of work hard and hopefully gain the respect to your teammates, and then it 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 builds pretty quickly like that. So. No, for sure. So, was there a particular moment? Like, do you have like a story of like did Snowy like tell you you made the team? You're flying back from training camp in Ontario to to join the squad in Newfoundland. You know, not, not really. I mean, it was I kind of was like kind of like I was me and and Zook, and I was like, well. I mean, I guess I'm going back. Like, I guess I'm here. So no I was like, way. Yeah, it's I not mean, even like a like a moment where it's like, son, you did it. You, yeah, there you was no there, the squad, there wasn't know? like a big hug. You know, it wasn't. Like no, well, no, I didn't it was just like that. It's just, yeah, I, I, you know, it, it was just I was happy to you know I had shown enough where they'd want me to come back to Newfoundland. So I just, yeah, I was just pumped. No kidding. Uh, so I mean, talk about then making it into to your first game, the Gro the Growlers' second game of the season. You had an absolutely stellar performance for the team's first win of the year in front of a great crowd at home. Uh, you know, it was banner raising weekend. Kind of sum up your first game experience for the team because that's a lot. <laughs> well, then it's you know, as a goalie man, it is so different because you just have to you know make a good impression. And, you know, making saves is what's most important. <laughs> I hate to say that, but you just want to come in and, you know, show the guys that they can trust you back there and that, you know, if they make mistakes, you can bail them out. And you know, really you just want them to have confidence in you. And, uh, you know, we came out the first night we played really well. And that second night we had a slow start. And I just kind of knew, I was like, man, if I can just, you know, keep us in the game, I know we can score goals. And it just kind of worked out. What was it? We were down 2-1, 2 nothing, And we just, we battled back buried another one tied it up and then in ot macker had a sweet goal and that was sweet i was fired up just because it was like get a first win at home in front of the fans like and it was a good game and it was it was pretty awesome i i, got, I was really happy of course of yeah. course and now you you had through our conversations leading up to that you had warned me about okay ballard you know we have a team that scores goals you're gonna love this because i get so fired up in my crease that like you'll see me kind of fist pumping and smacking the boards with the fans and stuff, and I'm like, okay, so this dude is like a weird goalie. No, no judgment. No, no, no. I'm in a friendly way. I'm yeah. not making fun of you here. 
you got to try and explain that for us because yeah. even some fans have tweeted at us being like, this goalie's awesome. We love how into it he gets. Kind of, Where does that come from for you? You know, I think I, it, there's a lot of things. I, I shouldn't say there's not a lot of things. It's not that complex. No. But I, I still have so much fun playing hockey that, like, and I, you know, I see how hard the guys work. And, you know, when they score, it's like it's so awesome to see them score. And then, obviously, for me, I just it's great. We get more goals. It's it's just it's I love it. I, I would love to score a goal someday. But 100%. I just I get really fired up. And sometimes when it's a really big goal, I, you know, I'll, I'll knee drop. I'll fist pump. I just I get fired I up. That. and. And honestly, I, I it kind of started in high school, and I didn't really know it, but like my little brother would kind of sit in the corner, and we we kind of <laughs> both like you know, let's go. Yeah. And in college, same thing, you know, we'd score a goal, and it kind of became known a little bit there. No one, but no one really ever said anything because no one's no one's watching the goalie, you know? right? And uh, yeah, and then I got last year, I basically got caught. They like had like a video cam, they had like a GoPro behind the net, and then they like posted a video of like we scored seven goals in the first game. I had seven legit Sally so I was fired up and oh god the guy I got so much grief for that but it's awesome there's nothing wrong with showing yeah, that kind I, of emotion I, goalie or not I feel like goalies get the rep you're supposed to be this stoic stone-faced uh, yeah like some guys that's fine but that's not your style I'm taking no it, man it's a game it's it's it should supposed be fun. to be fun it's supposed to be fun amen brother uh I, I have to tell this story as well just because I found this and I will go back to what I said about you being a weird goalie because, and I've said this to your face before, to your credit, you don't meet a lot of the weird goalie criteria. And um, I'm going to tell the story that <laughs> illustrates that. I remember it was one of the first games. It was it your was first, first game. First yeah, day, that's yeah. right. And, uh, you know, I'm uh, at the rink. It's, you know, 4, 4.30, 5 o'clock. And, and I've um, got my bag and I'm ready to go and look over my notes and stuff. So I turn the corner at the Bob Cole Media Center at mile one to sit down, expecting to find Raj in his seat. And I see you in Raj's seat taping your stick. And you're like, hey, what's up, Bowls man? How's it going? What'd you have for breakfast? Like, you were so <laughs> chatty and cool. And it was great. And, and I didn't think anything of it. But in my experience in professional hockey goalies, you stay the heck away from goalies on game day. Don't even look at goalies. But so I thought it was super cool that you were so engaging and 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 shooting the breeze with me before you know your first start in this league <laughs> in the defending championship situation. The banners hanging in the wrap. I just thought that was really interesting. So I don't know, like what what made you come up to the booth? I guess in the first place to tape <laughs> your stick or or get your game face on. And and why is it you think you don't kind of meet those kind of goalie? tropes do you know what I mean you know I I mean I've when I take my sticks for a game I always try and get to a high point in the arena and just kind of take my stick and just kind of overlook the arena and just kind of get used to the wherever we're playing I mean as dumb as that sounds just try and feel comfortable and you know just just kind of relax and then you know if I can get up to the media center or whatever that's always usually the highest point and that's right it's again you know a lot of guys they get so you know so crazy focused and intense and when I'm on the ice I'm really intense and I'm really into the game right. but beforehand like if it's it, it's hockey man like i'm gonna try my best to stop the puck i hope i do i'm gonna sure. really give it all i got but there's no reason why you know to not just you know chat and be cool and just hang out and you know when it's game time it's it's ready to go and yeah i've i've i've, I've tried doing the whole like i'm just gonna not talk because that's supposed to be the goalie thing right you're not supposed to talk right. well that's what i mean headphones and just be kind of like your own person but it's like it's a team game and all six of us are trying to defend and you know it I don't know. I just feel like I, I'm more one of the guys than I'm just the goalie, you know? 
Right. No, I, I absolutely understand where you're coming from. <laughs> and that was a couple of times now. And I remember the second time I was, you were sitting with Raj and, and I was like, oh man, I'll let them have their conversation. And you called me out. You're like, where were you, man? I was looking forward to our chat. I played so well last time. I'm like, all right, man. I'm like, I'm going to throw out my goalie rule book here because I have no idea what's going to work here with you. A quick look at your Elite Prospects page will turn up that uh, you have a, a nickname that uh, people call you. I understand no one calls you Patrick. Everyone calls you Packy. And before we go down the rabbit hole, I will jump out in front of this one and say it's not offensive to anybody. It is It is <laughs> no, a version no. of Patrick, I understand. It sounds a lot like uh, something uh, derogatory, certainly not our intent here. Mm -hmm. uh, but how did that nickname come about and why is it, how did it stick, I guess? I guess there's not really, I mean, a story. I know my grandpa, he called my my dad Pax or Packy or whatever, you know, and just kind of with the name. And and I think when I was born, my you know, my mom and dad just called me Packy, and it just stuck, man. Like, I, I don't think anyone from kindergarten, no teacher or whatever, unless I was in trouble. If I was in trouble, my Patrick. mom. Oh, oh, yeah. My mom <laughs> is Patrick if if it's a principal, which hopefully wasn't too many times. But, yeah, when I was in trouble, it was Patrick. That's when I knew things were going bad. But uh, everyone else just called me Packy, and I I loved it because I just, you know, it's a different name. and I For sure. It was, just, it was a cool name. I don't know. I liked it. Yeah, you're the only Packy I know. Yeah, exactly, sure. right? Yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely it's unique. And uh, so it's funny, when my mom is getting mad at me, it's like Christopher Gerard Ballard. But for <laughs> you, it's just Patrick Munson. Yeah. You know, it, it is weird, though, because, like, if we're ever in a loud place or if you're meeting someone in a loud place, you know, and, hey, like, we're just talking about, like, you know, if you introduce someone to a girl, like, my name is Packy, they're like, what? Pardon? Yeah, what's your name, you know? Say that again? But, yeah, what's, I, sometimes I'm just like, yeah, it's Patrick, and I'm like, ugh, so I throw up, but, <laughs> yeah, no, Packy's cool. So let's take a look uh, through your career and the path that led you uh, to Newfoundland. Uh, oh, boy. You're from Hugo, Minnesota. We'll start there, uh, just north of St. Paul. I assume that's where you started uh, playing your hockey growing up. Yeah, just, uh, you know, my friends were going to this thing called hockey, and I just wanted to hang out <laughs> with my friends, so my parents dropped me off, and yeah, then I was a forward, and then there was a goalie getting jumped on after some might game before us, I was like, ah. Oh. I want to be the guy on the bottom of that pile. Yeah, yeah, I, I didn't really pay attention to the rest of the game where people shoot pucks at you, and you got to get in the <laughs> way, but yeah, that looked cool, so I did that, and yeah, it's it kind of knack for right away, and um, yeah, it was, it was again, it's just fun, something to do with my friends. Absolutely, two years in Fairbanks, Alaska, in the Oof. NAHL or the Null in thirteen, fourteen, and fourteen, fifteen. What was it? What's the hockey culture like in Alaska? I have no idea. You know, it actually reminds me a fairly amount like to Newfoundland, like really, really, just a really close community. Everyone loves; they really just love hockey and. You know, it, it, everyone's just really nice, and everyone's really, you know, supportive of everything. And they had a, re had a really loyal fan base there. I mean, every night we sold out our rink. And, awesome. Um, yeah, it, like, it was great. And it was kind of the same thing there. Like, I didn't really have a place to go after high school. And, you know, I, I talked to them a few times, and they invited me to, to the only camp I got invited to and ended up just making the team out of camp, and then I was there for two years. They're like, oh, I guess I'm I'm living in Alaska They didn't tell now. me to leave again, so I stayed. So. <laughs> That's the thing. I think. <laughs> they just don't tell me to leave, so I just, you know, I'll hang out. It could be worse. 
<laughs> I, I'm most curious to pick your brain about your college career, because again, if anyone out there in Growlers Nation has had a chance to observe the uh, Elite Prospects page <laughs> of Mr. Munson, you'll see one year at University of Vermont in 2015-2016, one year at the University of Denver in 2016-17 with zero games played, and one year at Michigan Tech 2017-2018. If you can, just navigate us toward your college oh, career. Oh, this is a fun ride. No. Uh, so I was at the... When I was at Fairbanks, uh, as my second year junior, and I had another year junior left, but I felt that I was ready to go to college, and um, the, the school that had kind of gave me the most interest and seemed to have a place for me to, you know, step in and play was Vermont, mm-hmm. and so ended up committing there, and, you know, first, actually broke my, <laughs> I broke my hand in my sleep the night before my first college game, which was supposed to be against the Gophers. What riddle me that one? Yeah, I was just sleeping, and I don't know if it was Muhammad Ali or what, but my roommate like woke me up, and I just had broke my hand. I tried practicing throughout the week, and he's just like, I'm like, I think something's wrong with my hand. I, I must like cement wall dorm room, and just must have just winged it. I don't know. I don't oh know. Oh my god, it's the craziest thing ever. And so like first, you know, month and a half of the season, I just had this big cast in my hand, and um, they like formed my blocker to it, so I just like was barely holding my stick and. What? Yeah, I know. My, it's crazy. And so then it's like, uh, it's right before Christmas time. Yeah, it was like December 10th, and the starting goalie got hurt in a game, and I had just gotten cleared. And the head coach was like, all right, you're the starter because the other guy's out for a month. Yeah. And I basically just played the rest of the season. and Just when he, ran with it. Just ran with it. Yeah, I had, you know, we had a lot of, a lot more team success. I had some really, you know, nice in, individual success, and it was really fun. And, yeah, it got to the end of the year, and, Kind of the scholarship situation, what they had kind of put out there wasn't what actually happened, and I just kind so of they reneged on a on a yeah, scholarship kind of essentially. Like, yeah, it was kind of an interesting. We don't situation. have to get into the real drama. No, no, of it, it just but... it wasn't what I'd hoped, and what it was kind of the plan was, and so I talked to my you know my family, and it was, it was just the right move that hey, I was going to transfer. And then I don't know if you know this, but in NCAA, if you transfer, you have to sit out a year. You have to redshirt. I, I, you had mentioned that to yeah. me, and I didn't really know that until yeah. you had said that. And so that obviously sucks. You have to literally you go to the school, but you have to sit out here. Right. And so University of Denver had given me a full scholarship for my redshirt season. And that year we had, I think at this point, we had eight NHL players, and we won the national championship. Yeah. And it was flipping awesome. Like, it was an absolute blast. Absolutely. And Denver's an awesome city, and um, made like met a ton of great people there. And... Uh, yeah, and at the end of that season, you know, my plan going there was they had a starting goalie that was a junior who was his plan was to move on and leave, and he ended up not getting the offers or any offers, and so he was coming back for a senior. And um, Jim Montgomery, who was the head coach for Dallas Stars, now right, right, he's just said was really blatantly honest with me. He's just like, you're not. It's gonna be really hard for you to play any games, and you're like, you're not really a backup. And I was like, you know, I totally get it. And he actually was really, really helpful, and ended up getting me to Michigan Tech for a year, and. Um, Again, kind of came in there and played a lot of games. We ended up winning the w, the the conference championship and playoffs, and I was lucky to have a really really good playoff run. And yeah, it was it was just kind of like wow, three schools, three what? years. Yeah, that's crazy. How hard is it in that year not playing oh, games? Like, boy. I don't know a ton about NCAA. I will say that up front, but yeah. that doesn't seem fair. I I might understand it's silly, it, right? But yeah, because you get traded in major junior and stuff. It's yeah. Like, it's just the college thing. I think they just don't want, obviously, the, the wormhole of kids just to leave, to have it be a okay. free agency every year. Yeah, there you has to be some accountability, I yeah. guess. And for... I, I got it. And and to be honest, I probably had the best situation possible for a redshirt could ever have because awesome team, awesome city, great coaching staff. Like, 
It was a, a it good was a, point. It was yeah, and I lived with you know four of my teammates, and we it, it was seriously one of the most fun years of my life. And yeah, I mean obviously it sucked because I'm I am a really competitive person, and I wanted I just wanted to play so bad, and yeah, it obviously wears on you eventually. But I, it was a it was a good time. I I have zero zero complaints about my time there. No, absolutely. So when when you write the book on your career, man, <laughs> that's going to be one heck of a book. I'll yeah, tell you that. Easy. You started your pro career then uh, in 2018-19, just last season, uh, with the Nottingham Panthers in the EIHL. Uh, how did you end up uh, having that be your first pro opportunity? So I had actually gone back to Michigan Tech for my fourth year, and the coach had basically just over-recruited me because at the end of my junior year, I was really looking into professional options, and it was kind of weighing on me with the different NHL teams I was talking to, and the the plan was to just go back for my fourth year, but I was, you know, I was very open with my head coach there that if I got the right offer, like I was sorry, ready. oh no, no problem. Yeah, I was, I was ready. I'm ready to go. Perform. Sure. I, I want to play pro, and uh, and I, I came back, and he had over recruited to get another goalie, and it just kind of as I came back, it was about three weeks in. They're just like, yeah, we got our goalie. See ya. No. Yeah. So yeah, I was on what? Yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy, man. So I was just on my couch in Michigan Tech for like a month and a half, trying to figure out what the best plan to do. Um, you go the, try and get the ECHL route, whatever, and. Out of nowhere, just an offer from the English League came in. And my advisor at the time was like, you know what, this would actually be a great opportunity for you because this is a league with a lot of former NHL and American League players and top leagues. Like, you can go there, learn a lot, learn how to be a pro, and, you know, really kind of start your career in a different way that you probably didn't plan on doing it. But, you know, I think it will be really helpful. And I absolutely loved it. It It was actually probably one of the best things that could ever happen to me. Stop. What makes you say that? So we had a like we had a really veteran roster. I mean, we probably had nine to ten guys that had played in the NHL. Get out! Yeah, we had, like it was it was it was awesome. And those guys, I mean, just teaching me how to be a pro. I mean, I really grew up a ton. And like Chris Stewart was a longtime NHL player, and he's back in the league now, which is crazy. Uh, yeah, uh, uh, and really nuts. But you know, he right away when he came to our team, he just like took me under his wing and. Just taught me so much, and you know, kind of became wow. part of his family. And yeah, I still talk to him all the time. Like, we, I think we're in Tuesday, we're in Reading or whatever, they're playing Philly, and you know, he's like, "Yo, man, if you can come at all, you'll get your number. Come down the game." I mean, he's he's literally he's all time. No he's, he's, way. he's the best guy. Yeah, and yeah, I mean, there's so many guys there that I met that were just that really really helped me out, and they just they taught me so much. So it, I would have loved to, obviously to get my career started in North America, but having gone over there and. And like my goalie partner was a ten-year KHL veteran who played in the NHL. He's from Canada, and he helped me out a ton this summer. I mean, it's just like the connections I made in that literally those four months I was there, like, were like what set me up. Through I'm like, okay, if I come back to North America, I know I'm gonna have success. Get out! That's wild. I know. Nothing. I want to help you write your book. Yeah. You at least <laughs> at least do me that solid Absolutely. down the road. Absolutely. That'll lead us into our first Growlers Nation Q and A question. This one coming from Brendan Walsh. What was it like playing professional hockey in England? So I will help kind of fine tune this question, if I may. What's the hockey culture like in England? Obviously, we know the Canadian culture. Obviously, you know your neck of the woods. And yeah. uh, it what, what what's the culture like in in England? You know, they are very passionate. They're, they're, you know, hockey's not their sport. Soccer's obviously their sport. So they kind of view it as like ice soccer, you know, like huh. they're, 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 they're so passionate about our team. You know, they're, they're the loudest fans I've ever played in front of. Like, I, I think they're still trying to figure out the game of hockey, like okay. the physical, because they think everything's a penalty and they're always screaming and they're really, in it, but it's, it's like soccer. And that's just the best way to put it. But there was, they loved us. I mean, they treat us so well. And again, just incredible support, always packing the place at games and 
but the hockey was really well. I mean, really good because it was the whole league was just filled with a ton of guys that have had a lot of pro experience. So it was, right. it was a really, it was a really pro game. And I again, it was I thought it was really good. Did you get to travel around much at all while you were over there, or were you just kind of in a in a schedule situation where you were just kind of locked in? So we obviously for that league, like we get to go to Scotland and Ireland and all, like obviously the entire UK, which I thought was awesome because I'm a huge golf guy. So we got to like. Wait a couple off days. You got to play some uh, Ryder Cup courses and like. No. Oh, it was, it was sick. Yeah, it was, I loved it. And uh, and then we had a couple. We had a couple small breaks with me and uh, actually Chris Stewart and a couple other guys. We went to Budapest for like three days, and that was incredible. Had you um, been to Europe before this? Oh God, no, I barely had never left the United States. I don't think I ever went to Mexico. I never. I went to Canada for like a couple of hockey trips in Toronto. When I was younger, <laughs> but like, yeah, it, it was super eye opening over to Europe. And we went to London. Obviously, that was really cool. Ton and. Um, yeah, I got to see some really cool places. So, I, again, I couldn't say a bad thing about it. No kidding. Favorite European city or stop or anything like that? Yeah, I mean, you got to see London, but we I loved Budapest. Budapest was like the coolest city in Hungary. It was Get out. Just this, it was like this little city on the water, but it was like, it was just gorgeous. It was really sweet. We had a fun time. Crazy, crazy, man. Yeah. Uh, we'll roll right into a handful of Q&A questions here, so we'll compare... Uh, Taking you from Budapest now to Newfoundland with Cindy and Mike Stone asking, how do you like living in Newfoundland, the great province of Newfoundland and Labrador? So I know you've only been here, again, probably just a handful of weeks up to a month, but uh, what's been your experience like on the rock? Oh, man, this is the best. I, I, I love it here. Uh, like I said, I've played a lot of places, and I think I was talking to my grandpa even last night. I was like, this is like this is the best place for a play. Like, it is, the city is so cool, and... You know, we did the screech. We got screeched in last weekend. Heck that yeah. was so funny. And the other guy who was doing it was awesome. And just the people, man. Everyone's so friendly. Like we ran into just a bunch of locals, and we had a little team that screeched in day. And we we met Terry Ryan, guys that like kind of like we had heard of, and they were just super nice and super outgoing. And everyone we've met is just really supportive of us. And you know, the food in town's great. The arenas and facilities are just phenomenal. Like we get treated first class and. Yeah, I, I love Newfoundland. It's great. I'm going to pick apart some of what you just talked about. The food, I obviously enjoy eating, and I find Newfoundland cuisine is a unique bird. Very. Have you, do you like seafood? That's, I think, at the core of it. And have you tried anything, like, weird? <laughs> uh, I haven't tried that many, like, weird things yet, but I love, like, sushi. And Pooley's my roommate, so we went to a couple sushi places. and Great sushi in St. John's. Oh, phenomenal. And he's obviously from, well, he should say not from here, but he played here last year. Right. So he knew all the good food spots, and but yeah, I mean, we, there's a the holidays, the holidays, uh, is like a the butcher. meat market. Yeah, it's right by our an house. An institution. An institution. Yeah. So we, I mean, almost every night we go down there and figure some out, and Pooley loves to cook, so it's great for me. He, huh. he just picks some out, he cooks it. I just hang out and be supportive in the kitchen, and then uh, yeah, it's it's been great. I love the food. No kidding. Uh, okay, have you tried Towtons yet? Do you know what they are yet? Sir, I have no idea what that is. What's okay, a what's someone. A well, basically, and and. Someone out there will correct me on this on the traditional specifics. Yeah. So, from my understanding, a touton is fr from a traditional standpoint is if your your mother or your grandmother was making homemade bread, whatever wouldn't fit in the pan, you'd have these little scraps of of bread dough. You throw them in a pan and and fry up the pieces of bread dough. Come on, yeah, and you would eat it with traditionally again would be I think molasses. But uh, uh, more of a maple syrup and a little butter kind of guy. Okay. It's it's typically I would say a breakfast food. Okay. How does that sound to you? Uh, hey, I'm uh, you know I, I used to be really picky, like really picky. Oh yeah, I'm open to try things. Yeah, oh yeah, my yeah I get I still get a hard time for my family for how picky I was growing up. Like 
I, but this is just white bread dough. That's what I'm saying. I, I, I now I'm a lot more cultured with my experiences. I'll, I'm pretty much down to try anything. All right. Well, someone out there, we got to get this kid some uh, some Towtons and and there's all kinds <laughs> of uh, like like there's salt cod is at the core of a lot of traditional Newfoundland dishes. This is like dried codfish that has been salted like in the sun traditionally and it's like then boiled into other meals really? actually yeah now that i'm saying it out loud it sounds awful but it's <laughs> uh, uh fish and brewis is one delicious not you this is we, so i'm a fish guy though so like okay i, I grew up my dad's a big fisherman fishing trips to canada you know i love fishing so i i all right and we've eaten walleye and i ha we have a bunch of cod at our house so i i'm open to try fish fish is cool all I'm right sure. so we maybe that's a uh, another content piece maybe we'll take you out oh, uh and take your own try crazy stuff bring it on oh. i think i think that sounds like fun you guys out there listening let us know if you <laughs> want to see that uh we're gonna roll into another q and a question uh for this one from curtis pedal uh this one we're gonna get you to put on your instructor's hat packy uh, oh what techniques would you teach young goalies to improve their rebound control so we're going to help Oof. out the goalie the young goalies out there with a little a little professional tidbit here i mean i think i need to work on my rebound control no uh, it's uh <laughs> i think honestly i a lot of goaltending i just think is just mental and i think going into a practice and saying i'm gonna put every rebound in the corner or i'm gonna not give up rebounds to the middle i mean you just gotta a lot of it's just kind of teaching yourself because every yeah. goal is different. And, you know, even in the summers, that's kind of what my main, I wouldn't say job because I just, I would do it for free, but sure. that's my, I help out with the goalie company that helped me out. And yeah, a lot of it is you're, you're a lot of reps and just teaching yourself and figuring out what works for you and what doesn't work because just because it works for this goalie and he's doing it great, it doesn't mean it works for you. I mean, I think if you watch me and Zooks play, we play completely different styles. Absolutely. And, and, and yeah, there's not one way to play goalie. And like I said, if, if, if you love goalie and you like to work at it, eventually, if you tell yourself you want to do something and just keep working at it, it'll, it'll come. Do you have a particular goalie that you, not that you style yourself after, but uh, any who who would be your your inspirations as a goalie? Oh, I grew up. I was I was all over Jonathan Quick. I still love Jonathan Quick. I will if he's on TV, I'll watch every second. I mean, why he, him? Just a freak athlete, man. He can do so like in the net. He he's a pure he's a pure goalie man he, he's never just being a blocker he's always making saves and that's the stuff that i i love as a goalie and obviously guys carry price is just awesome vasilevsky nowadays is like if he's on i won't miss a game of his like he's just he's so good and so athletic but so in control of the game and i mean just they just have a dominant presence which i, I it's something i like to watch and Obviously, if if they're doing something, I I'll watch and try and do it the next day, and if it works for me, I'll use it. It's funny you say it like that, though. Like, oh, I if if this guy's on TV, I'll definitely watch him. How do you watch a hockey game to focus on a goalie? It's almost an honest question because <laughs> to me, it's it's kind of like what you alluded to earlier. You just go in and stop pucks. But what do you look for if you're watching hockey on TV and say, oh, I want to watch Jonathan Quick for this? Like, why? Can you kind of put your finger on it for us? Yeah, I mean, I think you you understand what kind of goalie you are, what how you like to play. So if I'm if I'm saying like, hey, Packy, how do you play? I'm like, well, I, you know, I'm I'm six two six three. I'm taller, but I you know I I like to play pretty aggressive and pretty athletic. And right. so it's like a guy like Vasilevsky, who's also a tall guy and super athletic and super aggressive. It's right. Like, I'm gonna watch how his hands are. I'm gonna watch how he plays the puck. Okay. Watch how he plays situations. If it's a point shot, is he really attacking the guy's stick blade or is he playing it back? And a lot of it nowadays, especially, is what how they play in tight situations around the net. And so mm -hmm. those guys are just the best. Okay. Well, i got a few more questions here, just more getting to know you style. So yep. I know because our team is such a young team, a lot of the guys are into a lot of video games, a lot of, a lot of Fortnite, a lot of other games that I don't know. 
Are you? I'm. I'm. I played Chell for the like from 2016. Like I haven't got the new one. Are you a video game guy at all? You know, I wasn't for the longest time. I'd play like some Madden and some NHL, but yeah, I I love Fortnite. It's like yeah, it's, it's the best. It sucks. I'm a 24 year old playing video games, but hey, man, no judgment. This is I don't judge either because I it, it you can't not my my dad gives me the hardest time because if he ever he'd come home this summer, you know, and be like three in the afternoon and I'd be playing with my buddies, and he's like, "Are you kidding me? <laughs> like, what are you doing?" And I'm like. It's fun, man. Like I just like you get back from working and working out, whatever. And I'm like, yeah, my yeah, buddies are. You can't be around. locked in all the time. You there. gotta, you gotta have. Well, yeah, we get our arguments over. Is like it's the same as you watching TV, except I'm actually doing something. I mean, you know, Fair it, enough. I, right, you know. But yeah, I I know a lot of guys who love Fortnite, and obviously guys play NHL all the time. But yeah, if we. I mean, I yeah, those of me we like playing cards too. I mean it. But yeah, I like video games. <laughs> hey, no, no shame in that. I will get you to try and help throw someone under the bus. Who's the worst Fortnite player in the team? So I've only played with a couple guys. Well, that should make the it rumor, easier. The rumor is Braz. The rumor really? is Braz is terrible at Fortnite. They were giving. I was in the locker room today, and Woodsy, <laughs> Woodsy was giving him a hard time. They were calling him the you know the the weakest link. So I that's just a rumor, not confirmed. But his hands just, must be too big or something. Yeah, he's he's a mutant. He's such a he's he's a, he's a free guy. He's such a good athlete, but yep, not a good Fortnite player. Okay, now I know among our listenership we have a lot of uh, kind of I'll call them goalie geeks and and gear geeks mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So I, I'll ask you about your your current equipment setup because I love oh, the God. color. But first, I'm gonna I'm gonna try and see. Do you remember like what your first set of pads was or your first like stick? Because I used to play goal when I was younger, and I remember I had these old Coopers. They were brown and black, yeah. and they were like heavy from the '80s, and they were <laughs> terrible. And I remember my first like stick was like the old like coho. Felix Potvin, the blue one. Like, do you have similar kind of memories of your first set of pads or mask or anything like that? You know, I do. So I was very lucky in our association that until you were like a Bantam or even a high school player, the association bought new pads for the goalies every year. I don't know if it's just a low bug. Yeah, it was like custom gear too. Sweet. So my first set was just like this like beat up old black Cooper set, you know? And, and I, my, I remember my dad got me this like iTech helmet and had like a had like a tiger on it and I, I, I don't know what it was and it was I just like oh I got a custom helmet this is so, so sick so cool and uh, and then obviously association got us you know we had our orange and black team color pads every year and they were they were always like really cool like they had the logos on it they, I don't know what, they mean like Vic or some random brand but like you know they got Vaughn and some other stuff and then I'll never forget because then I was playing for the Minnesota Blades which was like a triple A team it was like most of the best kids in Minnesota and my dad got me my first like custom set and it was like it was sick i mean it was like simmons orange and white and i remember i came home because there's a big box in the living room and i opened it it's and, like christmas oh it was the coolest thing ever and i just remember i i, I love those things and then yeah and then after that it was like i would we would go to the hockey store and I, he'd you know i just would always just kind of get whatever set looked the coolest i really had no idea if, it, if the size is right and it looked cool we always got them and then i got into junior and then i was like kind of starting to figure out the gear thing kind of became just kind of a ccm guy and then i've always just been ccm since your current setup i mean obviously the the color i think is what's gonna jump out to most people obviously that's your michigan tech uh that that uh yellow it it almost matches the growlers i know it's close gold a little bit i love it yeah Uh, i mean I need, i need to get some new gear but i do love the bright gold pad i I, i've always loved the 
as a goal. I love having the cool helmet, with the bright, cool looking pads. I like, you know, you gotta have, you gotta have cocky pads. It's like, like Mark Andre Fleury. Oh yeah, He's early days. Yep, you gotta have great style. And uh, what about your mask? Talk about uh, it. I know, uh, maybe, hopefully, uh, maybe a growler's mask in the future. But until then, what, what, what is it you're rocking now? I haven't had a close look. Yeah, it's, it's still my, it's same helmet from college, right? Michigan Tech, but. Yeah, I just I've always you know had the school the school crest on one side and you know had like the mountains from there from where I played and then always in the back of my helmet I always have my grandpa's name um, I always call him before games and so I always like to have him in the back there know he's always with me and then awesome. uh, I just had some other like little stuff like that just where I always had like a little ask a sign or like where I played in Minnesota so I nothing too crazy but I yeah I like I like to work on the custom gear custom helmet that stuff's the best part oh absolutely so if you were to to design for yourself a growlers mm. or Newfoundland themed helmet here mm. what uh, based on your limited experience so yeah, far yeah. what would be on it do you think well I've already I've already done some mock-ups of the gear Ooh. Oh, some co- oh yeah very very cocky gold the gold oh that's a nice that's a nice color gold uh the helmet yeah, it is. helmet I, I love the growlers logo I think it's a sweet logo there's, there's a lot you can do with that and then gotta have something like just the city like like on the water like there's been a couple like photos that I saw like on Google that like it just looks so sweet and so I if I somehow work that into it and then you know obviously have, you know we won the Kelly Cup me may have something on there but yeah, I like the colors. You have a lot of options. You can do some stuff with that. So no, I think you're absolutely right, and and I think that's going to do it here for us uh, today uh, for the first segment of the Growlers Nation podcast. Uh, Packy Patrick Munson, <laughs> uh, thanks so much for coming on here today, and uh, and you know sharing uh, sharing your story with us. It's uh, a heck of a ride, and uh, we wish you all the best moving forward, my friend. <laughs> thanks, man. Appreciate it. Okay, so that was Patrick Munson of your Newfoundland Growlers. Always good to catch up with Patrick. And uh, now we're going to roll right into this week's Growlerville segment where I'm happy to welcome a very special guest, an old uh, journo buddy of mine, uh, currently a multimedia journalist with the Central Voice in Central Newfoundland. We've got Nick Mercer on the line. Nick, uh, thanks for jumping on with us here today. Thanks for the opportunity. Hey, not at all. So I know... You, while I know your coverage area is more focused in uh, the great prov- the great area of central Newfoundland, today we're going to get you to focus in on uh, the place where I know uh, you would have cut your teeth and uh, first started to fall in love with the game of hockey. Uh, we're looking at the area today of Bay Roberts and Harbor Grace for our Growlerville segment. And I know you grew up in that neck of the woods, so I'm going to ask you, Nick, real, uh, real simple off the top, what makes those communities uh, such great hockey towns? I just think that um, when you talk hockey in Harbor Grace and Bay Roberts and that whole Concession Bay North area, I think what really makes it pop is there's so many inherent robberies there. Yeah. There's a love for the game, for sure. Uh, if you look at modern hockey, there's the rinks, the two rinks that are in CBN are on the go all the time. But there's just so many up the bay, down the bay, uh, inherent robberies in that in that area that are really sort of really drives the passion that people there have for the have for hockey. So what kind of rivalries? What are we talking about? Other towns in the area? Kind of lay it lay it out there for us. Yeah. So like right now, as it's been since I've been uh, I guess involved in modern hockey and through through work as a journalist and everything, there are, in CBN there are two primary modern hockey associations. So there's the CBs which reside in originating in Harbor Grace. And there's the Bay Arena Rovers that are in Bay Roberts. They play at a Bay Arena. It's kind of like Shelbyville and Springfield. <laughs> That's, That's a great example. Thing. I'm from Bay Roberts originally, but I've lived in Harbor Grace. They don't, uh, Bay Roberts doesn't like them. They don't like us. We get along for like area teams, but 
like you really want to beat if you're if you're a CV, you really want to beat Bay Arena and vice versa. It extends to high school high school hockey where the Ascension Collegiate Astros are still high school in Bay Roberts and Carboneer Collegiate, which is in Carboneer, and they play out of Harbor Grace. Right. Uh, they want to beat each other badly, even parents. I guess, you know, like, not like they want to fight each other now. No, but no, but they, I mean, no, the rivalry is a real thing. Those parents uh, grew up playing against the other parents that they're seeing in the rank. That's right. Uh, and that, that just that same, that same rivalry continues, right? It's generations old. So that being said, uh, I mean, I think we'd be remiss uh, if we didn't bring up, uh, obviously, the most uh, famous hockey player from that neck of the woods, uh, Stanley Cup champion with the Detroit Red Wings, Danny Cleary. I'll ask you this. As someone who grew up in the area, really, what was the impact that a guy like Danny had uh, on uh, hockey in that area? Danny had a great impact. You know, he's a guy that you could point to and say, well, he made it or he's at this level. So that shows you that a guy from this neck of the woods, a small town in uh, Harbor Grace, Carabineer for that matter, Danny's from Riverhead. It's a part of, it's a, for all intents and purposes, it's a part of Harbor Grace. Right. But if you if you're from if you're from Riverhead, you call, you say you're from Riverhead and not Harbor Grace proper. As but you know, you look at a guy from Riverhead and you say, man, he's only he's, he grew up five minutes, ten, ten minutes from my house. Like if he can do it, why can't I do it? You mentioned Danny Clear. You'd be you'd be remiss to not mention. Another guy from who played on the same team as Danny might not have won as far, but uh, Corey Cracker played in the in the Ontario League. That's right. Um, he's from Harbor Grace. He's Danny's best buddy, and not that at all. Trace is from Danny, but Danny's sort of the shining example from from our area. You know, he was heavily influenced by Dick Power. You mentioned Danny. You kind of had to mention Dick, who coached coached Danny and Corey and a host of others from that that went on from this area to play uh, Maritime League or high-level junior on the mainland. You know, he's from Bell Island, came to Harbor Grace to sort of run the stadium, similar to what the, how George Faulkner got started with the senior CBs. But Dick comes and he starts to he runs the stadium, plays defense for the CBs, and he gets some, comes involved with modern hockey. And one of his prized pupils is, is, is Dan Cleary. You know, Dan came and uh, Dick passed away a couple of years ago. Danny came home and spoke at his funeral, delivered a eulogy. Wow. Um, so Danny's number and Dick's number are raised at the are, during the they got banners in the rafters of the the new stadium there, which is actually Danny Clear Community Center. I was gonna say, I yeah. mean, I, I thought they they named the new building after Danny. I think that in and of itself kind of speaks volumes to the impact he's had on that community. Yeah, you know, you drive in the Harbor Grace, there's a big picture of Danny in his Red Wings uniform, you know, declaring the the town the town of champions, home of champions. I love it. Uh, Jamie Corey was also from Harbor Grace, so. Olympian and a Stanley Cup champion. Not bad. How many people are would you say actually live uh, currently in that area between say Bay Roberts, Harbor Grace, that kind of neck of the woods in Conception Bay North? Because that's pretty darn good for uh, you know a Stanley Cup champ and an Olympic gold medalist out of uh, a pretty small sample size. And I'm gonna have to ballpark this. Sure. In front of me, I'm gonna put it at twenty thousand at least. That's crazy. That's still that's so good. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah, hundred percent. Like you look at those two, Clearing Crocker. Uh, you've got Keith Delaney from North River, who would have played at the Bay Arena. He went in the '97 draft of Florida in the sixth round. He had a cup got, of coffee uh, with Rob- the St. John's Maple Leafs too, didn't he? Yeah, he's one of a couple. You know, like uh, John Drover played in Kingston. He's from Upper Island Cove. Man, and he um, he had a he he was part of that stint in the la- in the last. Last couple of years at the St. John's Maple Leafs, where they were looking to—I don't know if they were looking to bolster numbers in the rank, 
But, you know, they, they signed a, uh, a handful of local guys. I mean, Terry Ter- Ryan was one of them, I believe. That's right. You got Keith. Uh, John Jover was one of them. Uh, Craig Mercer, who's from Upper Alonco, over the Bay Rivers area. But, you know, interesting about, you know, we mentioned Craig. His son, Dawson Mercer, is actually tearing up the Q League right now. Really? Yeah. His son, Dawson Mercer, in Drummondville. He's, I mean, he just, oh, well, he just got a shout out from Craig Button on the TSN draft list. So, no big deal. Up there. No, not at all. With I know I'm I've kind of fallen out of the senior hockey scene uh, a little bit, but I know uh, in that neck of the woods, um, obviously the CBs. Uh, I remember, I, and I told you we were going to get into this. I had the good fortune of only covering one herder championship uh, in my tenure when I was a real journalist, and that was we had agreed was in 2013. Uh, when you yep. and I, when we were working for separate papers, I was with the Packet in Clarenville, and you, I can't even remember the name of the, the paper that was in uh, in Carbonier, Harbor Grace, that area. What was it again? Oh, it was the, the Compass. Yes, it was the Compass. The compass. I, I feel I'm embarrassed to admit that, but I remember that was it's when right. you and I really uh, first met and, and got to cover senior hockey. Um, I cover that herder out there, but is senior hockey still uh, alive and well out there? Kind of what's the situation uh, in that neck? of the woods uh, for senior right now it's not um they've been they were the cvs uh the cvs were well the team name is called the cv stars right cv stars um a couple years ago they they won another herder um when they joined the east coast hockey league the avalon east hockey east, avalon east hockey league right now it's called the east coast hockey league um they they won that herder a year after they won the herder, they were the the league didn't take them back. That was three years. Uh, right now they're sitting at three years. If nothing goes ahead this year, um, there's a bit of uh, drama around that. Now we can, you know, we could. We, that we might could be a conversation it. for off the air, perhaps. Yes. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, that uh, you could fill. You could fill I don't know a week's worth of 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 broadcast with that. <laughs> so if nothing if nothing goes ahead this year, this will be your third year out of the league. You know, it's still, but the CBs are, they still carry a they still resonate in the area, right? Um, they're you're, uh, every year hockey rolls around again. The time uh, the fall summer baseball turns into hockey season, and people start wondering if the CBs are coming back or the CBs coming back. Um, you know, it's uh, they got the new rink out there. It's only going open for a handful of years. Um, so the appetite are, is still there for it, is what we're saying. The appetite is still there for yeah. it. It's just you know the, the the powers that be, and I understand it's there's a lot of drama behind the scenes, and we don't have to get into all the specifics there. But I, I mean, that's really all I'm trying to get to the heart of is you know it is it's, yeah. it is a hockey community, and the fan and the people out there they're they're dying for yeah. it. I know they still want it back. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you know, the CBs, a long history, I believe, someone will listen to this and correct me, I'm sure, <laughs> but I think they sit at 14 herders. Wow. George George Faulkner, the famous brother, the Hall of Fame brother of <laughs> Alex Faulkner, the first the first uh, Newfoundlander to go to go to the NHL. He he ran the rink and was a member of the CBs. He's player coach of CBs for 10 years. They, went, they, they got four in that 10-year period when Alex played there as well. Wow. Um, so you look at uh, there's a host of like they're there and then look there are local guys that's they're, they're revered doug moores he was a um, he was a goaltender on the 67 team that won their that was their first herder jim penny numbers retired he's a uh, local defenseman 
someone's going to kill me for not naming more, but <laughs> just, um, for the, the Faulkners, Penny, Joe Hunt, had to mention Joey, coached me in Pee Wee. Uh, <laughs> You know, and and more than I can, uh, more than I should be able to name, but can't name. They all lend themselves to the tapestry of of CB senior hockey in the area. It wasn't the only senior team. There was a intermediate, there was intermediate league in the Bay. And when I say the Bay, that's a colloquialism for Kentucky North. Fair enough. No, I don't like think that. anyone listening to this podcast is going to hang you for that one. But you look at there were teams in there was a team in Briggs, Coley's Point. Bear Roberts had a team. Uh, the Shears Town Tigers. Talk to anyone from from my neck of the woods. You mentioned Shearstown Tigers. You're gonna you're gonna have a conversation. Um, <laughs> there was yeah, there's is just so much history there for senior hockey in that area that it's yeah you can't you can't not talk about senior hockey uh, or you can't not mention the area when you talk about senior hockey. And, you know we're talking about long time teams. I think it'd be remiss not to mention like the 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 St. John's Junior Hockey League has had a team in Bay Roberts for. 20 years and still to this day yeah they're still they playing out of cbn junior stars yeah right i i mean i i feel so so ignorant because i i mean it's hard to keep your finger on the pulse around all these awesome communities around the province but uh i'm really yeah. gl- I'm, I'm really glad to hear that it's still alive and well and i know we talked uh, before we jumped on the air here that you know minor hockey is still uh, alive and well out in that neck of the woods as well yeah for sure numbers are booming as far as i know uh, obviously, I'm I'm stationed in the Central Newfoundland now, right. so I'm not I'm not in the rinks out there as much as I'd like. But from all for all intents and purposes, you know, it's the, the Rovers and the CBs are are full bore. You know, and then there's there's major midget hockey, there's modern midget hockey, there's female AAA at the band of the midget levels. <clears throat> there's the PV PV AAA, Banter AAA at the male level. You know, it's just hockey's alive and well in Conception Bay North. I just want to, I guess, a quick. Quick shout out to the from ones from my research I did quickly after you asked me to come on this. There are uh, four female players from the, from my area have gone to play collegiate hockey. So there's both sides of the game there are, are alive and well. No, and thank you for saying that. No, that's absolutely important, especially with say the state of even women's professional hockey kind of uh, yeah. in a bit of a tumultuous uh, circumstance now with the folding of one of their leagues and the NHL rumors of them yeah. backing. No, it's uh, these. It's really important that those uh, young women have a have a place to continue to ply their trade. You know, once they get out of the college ranks. And no, I'm very glad you stopped me uh, to uh, to say that uh, again. Nick Mercer, social media journalist with the Central Voice. Thanks so much for your time and great catching up with you, my friend. All right, thanks, Chris. So that is going to do it, folks, for Episode 6 of the Growlers Nation podcast. Thank you to my very special guests, Patrick Munson and Nick Mercer, a multimedia journalist with the Central Voice, for joining us here today. Thank you for tuning in, and for all of your Q&A questions, make sure you keep those coming, and make sure you let us know uh, if you're liking uh, the content here on the podcast. We want to make sure you guys uh, out there in Growlers Nation are all tuned in and liking what we're putting out there, and make sure you join me on the air, Mixler.com slash NL Growlers for all 72 Growlers regular season games and uh, we'll catch you on the next podcast Growlers Nation podcast every week make sure you tell your friends bye bye for now
You've been listening to the Growlers Nation podcast with Chris Ballard. Follow the Growlers all season long on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at NL Growlers. Listen live to all 72 Growlers games on Mixler, M-I-X-L-R.com slash NL Growlers.